At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. My guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook on a Tuesday. Wes Reynolds in studio with Matt Humans, And we have a uh, star-studded lineup today. Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet, and Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook director, will be joining us. And uh, Cam Newton not going to be on the show today, and he's not going to be on the Patriots roster this year, Wes. Let's start it there. This morning I was up working, and I see a breaking news flash in NFL Network, Patriots release Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. And I was not that surprised, to be honest with you, because uh, Mac Jones has been uh, balling out in the preseason. And the more I watched Mac Jones, I said, he fits the Tom Brady offensive system that the Patriots want to use. And Cam doesn't anymore. And you really can't have uh, a veteran quarterback who gets beat out for a job like that when he thinks he's a team leader. And I think uh, have a go over that well in the locker room. So you have to commit, hey, this is our quarterback. And I think that's why Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels made that decisive move. So I do wonder if Scott Zolak <clears throat> is sitting somewhere is like, I told you that rap music was the devil's music, Cameron Newton. You shouldn't be listening to that or during practice or whatnot. But, ne- but nevertheless, the uh, good folks at Pro Football Focus at PFF on Twitter did, and this is a little bit of a misleading 
leading grade because obviously everybody hasn't had equal reps. But Mac Jones, in terms of a pro football focus grade, 92.2 this preseason. First among quarterbacks with over 40 dropbacks. So you could kind of see it from the first game, the first Mm -hmm. preseason game they played against the Washington football team, that the gap all of a sudden between Mac Jones and Cam Newton really wasn't that wide. And I know Cam Newton, you know, the, the point was made that, well, he had to go against Chase Young in the number ones. But Mac Jones just looked composed and he looked solid and he looked like he might be ready to play sooner rather than later. I'm not surprised necessarily that Jones wins the job. A little bit surprised that Cam Newton got the outright release. Uh, I, I got to think that Belichick and company up there in Foxborough did at least explore a trade possibility and see what the market was out there for him. Apparently not much of one. And then you saw the reaction afterwards on social media where it was like, okay, Cam Newton, you like, where is he going to go and start? Well, he's not going to go and start anywhere. It's not like these starting jobs are just readily available. I know not everybody is A-OK with their QB1 position, but it's like, why would the Texans take a guy that has to learn a new offense, basically? Why wouldn't you go with Tyrod Taylor, who's been taking your number one reps, essentially? So, you know, there probably is a market for Newton, at least in terms of a backup quarterback. I'm sure Dallas makes at least some sense, perhaps, because they did just cut two quarterbacks with Danucci and also uh, uh, the other guy, Garrett Gilbert. So uh-huh. there could be an opening there. Maybe Baltimore being the backup to Lamar Jackson. So he'll probably get picked up somewhere, but there's no starting job available for him right now. Sure there is. I believe there is. How about the Vegas Nighthawks of the Indoor Football League or the or a team in the Canadian yeah, Football yeah. League? Yeah, it's like you want to go house hunting out here in Henderson, Cam? There's going to be a market for you if you want to play in that new building yeah, out there. Yeah, I think there is going to be a backup market for Cam Newton, not a starting market. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was talking with a, uh, a friend about this over the weekend. He said he had a big bet on Patriots over their win total, over nine. I said, I got the same bet. He bet mm-hmm. more on it than I did. But he mm-hmm. goes, he said... I just hope that Cam Newton's a quarterback for the whole season and not Mac Jones because I don't want to see a rookie play. I said, I think you're dead wrong about that. I want to see Cam Jones play, and I don't want to. I want to see Mac Jones play, and I don't want to see Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you look at Mac Jones in terms of his situation amongst all the rookie quarterbacks, it is probably the best situation because this is an experienced offensive line. And look, a lot of teams are having problems with the offensive line. I was talking about this with uh, Femi Abepafe earlier. We were here on the Lombardi line, and I go back to I think it was four years ago what Bill Polian was saying in terms of offensive line play right now is an epidemic right now. It's a worst that's ever been how many teams have offensive line problems a lot of them and a lot of them with these rookie quarterbacks like Lawrence like Zach Wilson with the New York Jets like eventually Fields when he starts in Chicago not a real problem on the offensive line necessarily with New England so I think he is in the best position to succeed at least immediately amongst the rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. well offensive lines are like bullpens almost mm-hmm. every team has a problem yes. at some point uh, the, I think the Patriots have a really good offensive line the Patriots are really strong on the defensive line and uh, here's the thing about Cam Newton. He's slow to go through his reads and his progressions. Right. His release is slow. Uh, he's more of a read He's more of a uh, uh, read option running threat yep. than he is a passing quarterback. And the Patriots run, want to run that rhythm passing system that they ran with Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. I, th- I really believe that in Mac Jones, they found their next Tom Brady. And I said, that doesn't mean he's going to win six Super Bowls. I just think they've got their quarterback of the future, and they know it. Yeah, no question about it. And they brought in the reinforcements in the passing game as well.
VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. My guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds today. And uh, we taped the golf show Long Shots, which is going to be on VSIN tonight. Talk a little bit of golf betting during the show today, baseball as well, but it's going to be heavy on college football and the NFL. And the Patriots have found their quarterback of the future, Wes, and the future is now. It's Mac Jones, and it's not Cam Newton. Yeah, it absolutely is now. Bill Belichick, look, you got to give those guys the benefit of the doubt in New England in terms of uh, they know when to kind of part ways with a guy. They know when to get rid of a guy. You remember when uh, they traded Richard Seymour off an all-pro season. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, what are you guys doing? They know when a player is going to regress or maybe doesn't have it anymore or have what they want anymore, and that's what Bill Belichick and company have elected to do. All right, let's talk college football with Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet VSIN contributor. Bruce was just out here at the South Point yesterday at the Delhi, uh, the Del Mar Delhi. Bruce, I'm going to head down to the Del Mar racetrack this weekend. That's one of your favorite spots, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, paradise down there if you can navigate the traffic. So uh, once you're inside, it's, it's great. Del Mar, Saratoga, Monmouth. Those are three places you've got to visit, but Del Mar might be on top of the list. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. So last weekend of horse racing uh, down in San Diego at Del Mar. All right, Bruce, this is the first big weekend of college football. We had a warm-up with uh, five games on the board last weekend. Uh, But let's jump into it this weekend, and I'm going to throw the highest-profile game at you right away. Uh, I don't know if this is the highest-profile game, but it's close. How about Alabama laying the lumber against uh, Miami? And uh, I know that you're going to be a little bit – I would say hesitant to uh, to go against Nick Saban in this uh, spot where he's been so good. I thought you were going to throw me a curveball and give me Temple Rutgers maybe, but uh, okay, uh, here we go. <laughs> Alabama, Miami. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, Matt. This number, when we saw it the first time earlier in the summer, it looked too low, and they bet this thing up. So if you're betting Alabama right now, you might be little buyers who are remorsing. Geez, I thought I had this price a little bit lower. I think this is where the price should be. Uh, yeah, I know about all the guys that that, uh, that have gone into the NFL. But this happens every year for Saban. Think about it. A few years ago, I mean, he had in his program, he had Jalen Hurts, he had Tua, and he had Mac Jones. Those three guys are going to start now in the NFL this season. And they were all in the program at the same time. That just shows you they just reload, reload, reload. Bryce Young might be more valued than any of these guys, too. So I don't think they're going to drop off all that much. It'll be hard to score 49 points again this year. They could score 45 and not be quite the offense last year. They'd be great. My concern about Miami is that we've seen the Canes, you know, try to try to get up to this level. Uh, in recent years, their games against Clemson have been embarrassing defeats, including a beatdown last year. North Carolina eviscerated, and I mean eviscerated, the Canes last year and gained almost 800 yards in that game. They lost the bowl game to Oklahoma State. Derek King looks like he is going. He's 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 there. I mean, we saw him at ACC Media Day in Charlotte. He looked he looked ready to run. Uh, but uh, and that gives Manny a puncher's chance here. But I don't think so. Nick has had a really good record in these opening game neutral fields. He's won 13 straight games in Atlanta, most of those by lumps. And I think uh, if I got to do it at 19 and a half, I'm laying it. Uh, go ahead, Alabama can win this. I'm not sure Miami's at that level. Hey, uh, Chris Andrews here at the South Point opened this number at 13, Alabama mm-hmm. 13, and mm-hmm. it's all the way up right now. It's circa to 20. 
Yeah, under has also seen some support in this game. Manny Diaz is going to take over the defensive play calling duties down there at Miami. Bryce Young making his first start in a, uh, a neutral side game here. So uh, under certainly seeing some support. I've seen down to 61 and a half. Uh, Bruce, let's stick with this SEC theme in terms of uh, a big game and really the biggest game on the docket, the main event on Saturday night. That is Georgia against Clemson. Georgia Bulldogs have seen a little bit of support. This was uh, three and a half, four pretty much all summer long now seeing pretty much three painted across the board 51 51 and a half the total and look two viable national title contenders and certainly at least playoff contenders here in week one and this is always the old saying if you're going to lose you want to lose early one of these teams are going to do so on Saturday yeah I think so by the way Wes they're not paying you enough I mean you're on all hours a day <laughs> so you are you, you are really you the man I mean you're there all hours and you're right, though. This is, this is a big game. Charlotte, neutral field. And, you know, the last six years, I mean, this is like a second home sort of for uh, Dabo. It's across the state line, but they bring fans. They, they've won six straight times in the ACC title game, usually by romp margins in this game. Now, maybe Georgia's a greater challenge. Here's my concern about Georgia, Wes, and Matt. JT Daniels, I'm seeing people talk about him as a Heisman uh, potential, no. a long shot pick. No. I ain't buying it yet. Listen, nobody blocked the door at USC when he left. I know he had the injury his second year there, but they had pretty much moved on from Daniels. We know these kids who come out of modern-day high school, uh, they have every single bloody advantage there. And when it gets in, you know, you know, stuff hits the fan in college. It ain't like high school. Your, your team surrounding you is a lot better than everybody else. Yeah, he's got a good Georgia team here. But I am not sure he is going to lead Georgia the promised land yet. Also, Kirby's defense. Yeah, I know it's good. Uh, what happened last year uh, against Alabama? What happened last year against Florida? Uh, they got they got smoked, and they also were very fortunate to win that game against Cincinnati. Listen, DJ came in there, got a test run against Notre Dame last year when Trevor was out with the COVID. All he did was pass for an opponent single game record against Notre Dame. Think about that for a second. Let that sink in. How many quarterbacks have played against Notre Dame through the years? DJ's got the record for that. It's also Brent Venables has a defense that's a lot more experienced right now than it was at this time last year. You know what he's done with his stop units. I like the way the front line looks. And uh, Dabo has won a lot more of these big games than Kirby has. Uh, so I'm, we're on Clemson here. 31-20, our score forecast in the gold sheet. So we ride in the Tigers in Charlotte Saturday night. All right, let's talk about a couple of the games uh, on the schedule for Friday. First, I want to get to this North Carolina-Virginia Tech game. Uh, Sam Howell and the Tar Heels, five-and-a-half-point road favorites. I don't think this is going to be an easy game for the Tar Heels. Uh, Bruce, what's your take on uh, North Carolina-Virginia Tech and Blacksburg? Is that yeah, Blacksburg? I mean, or is that they, in, yes. That is in Blacksburg, yep. right? Okay. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the fans turn into vultures there really quick, and they are waiting to swoop on Justin Fuente. He is on the hot seat there, um, and they have had, they're have they off of their first non-bowl season in, since 1992. Uh, so, I mean, it's and they've gone uh, sub-500 to the last three years. Uh, Burmeister, the exploring quarterback, uh, you know, looks, you know, he's he, he's been there, but now he's really got the offense to himself. We'll see what happens. Uh they have not. They have been underachieving. And if you look last year, now I, I want to sometimes the oddities associated with 2020. I'm not sure I want to draw too many um, uh, conclusions from last year. In this case, I can, and I think Wes, we might have talked about this before. Um, you know, no Bud Foster last year, first year without him. 
Uh, and that defense, uh, even though one of his protégés is now the coordinator, they sunk. And they were 103rd ranked. I mean, this has normally been a top 10 defense throughout much of the Foster era. They weren't playing defense like that last year. And if Virginia Tech ain't playing defense the way they did in the Bud Foster years, they ain't the same. I'm telling you, you know, Mac, Mac doesn't have a great point spread mark like you'd think. He's got North Carolina back among the elites again, or he's in the top 10. I think I like them here. Uh, I like Sam Howell. He reminds me of Baker Mayfield a lot. And I like uh, bringing the Chandler, the transfer running back in from Tennessee, I think will soften the loss of uh, Carter and Javante Williams who are now in the NFL. We took it uh, heels 41-30. You're right, Matt. It's going to be, it's not going to be easy there. And it's a tough place to play. But I, uh, until this defense shows us something for Virginia Tech, I think Justin's got some problems. Bruce will stick in that Carolina triangle with the Friday night game. It is Duke at Charlotte. Duke laying a little bit less than a touchdown, six and a half. And uh, I wrote about the ACC in our Visa and College Football betting guide. And look, David Cutcliffe, worst season he ever had in 20 years as a head coach, two and nine, two years left on his deal. It feels like, you know, just kind of wait now, maybe until retirement. He delegated more. He turned over to the play calling duties to a young offensive coordinator. Six and a half laying against Charlotte. And it always seemed like that Charlotte had coach will healy might be the next coach in durham for the duke blue devils that always seemed to be the rumor there what say you on duke and charlotte well he still might uh wes we'll see what goes here but i know this is a big deal in charlotte i mean they are treating duke coming in like uh new york treated the beatles in 64 when they're an ed sullivan show this is big they haven't played one of these power five teams certainly not an acc team in state they're in that jerry rob richardson stadium in charlotte uh, since the program uh, resurrected. So, big deal for Charlotte here. Reynolds is back to quarterback, uh, your namesake, but he had a shoulder problem last year, so he wasn't quite uh, operating 100%. They also had a long COVID break late in the season after they lost a game on Halloween at Duke. That's what's concerning to me here. They thought they had a shot at Duke last year in Durham. Like you mentioned, it was the worst Duke team of the coach cut era, and they got smoked. Duke ran all over them. It was men versus boys. Now, Maybe a little bit different this year. They got a lot of transfer, power five transfer running backs in Charlotte, so I think the offense might be able to have a bit more balance around Reynolds. The problem that Duke had last year, one, the defense got smoked as the season progressed, but those are by ACC offenses, more speed than what Charlotte's got. Two, turnover problems, horrible last year. I mean, Chase Bryce was terrible. He was a mistake machine. They were so far ahead. They were as far ahead in most most turnovers in the country, it was like Secretariat in the 73 Belmont. They were so far ahead of the rest of the, in a category you don't want to be. Bryce has left. He's at App State. And all that uh, Gunnar Holmberg has to do is not make the mistakes. I trust Coach, Coach Clough, Coach Cut, though I do believe you're right. I mean, you can see this sort of winding down there. But to men versus boys last year. So we took Duke 35-19 in Charlotte. I'm glad JVT's not here today. Those references to Ed Sullivan, the Beatles, and the Secretariat would fly right over his head. He's like, what's Bruce talking about? I know if Bruce would have brought up uh, the late Ed Asner who passed away on Sunday and some Mary Tyler Moore references, he would have been totally lost, JBT. All right, Bruce, let's talk UCLA uh, hosting LSU. And uh, this number is all the way down to three in a lot of spots. And I know people who feel very strongly about uh, LSU and others who say uh, this is UCLA's game and this LSU team's not that strong and it's going to get exposed at the Rose Bowl. What do you say? Well, before he passed, Ed Asner told me he liked UCLA. Okay, so there you go. I got it. 
I worked in there. No, I'm just joking. Um, Matt, this is interesting here. And we talked to our, our buddy Jimmy out in from Baton Rouge. He's going to be going out there with all these LSU fans. Maybe not as many as we thought, uh, you know, uh, because of Ida this week. But there will be a lot of fans there. And, by the way, that crowd, if there were 32,900 in the Rose Bowl last week, my name is Nick Saban. No way were there that many there. Whatever. Uh, but UCLA, I don't know how many conclusions you want to draw from the Hawaii game. But, listen, they were kind of close last year. Um, and they, that was but well the best Chip Kelly side. They have got speed on that defense. I'm not sure how good they are. They weren't roadkill really last year, but they got speed like one of Jim Bush's old UCLA track champion teams in the 1970s. They got a lot of foot speed there. The transfer running back from Michigan, three touchdowns in the first uh, 18 minutes of the game last week. DTR back again at quarterback. Here's the deal. I mean, Ed Orgeron's defense was so bad last year, the secondary. Bo Pelini's out. He's brought Durante Jones in from the Vikings to coordinate this defense. They have to tighten up the secondary. It leaked like the levees in Hurricane Katrina 16 years ago versus the past. They were horrible last year. they got to improve that. The bottom line is, and I know that, and Miles Brennan's hurt. So it's got to be Max Johnson, a quarterback. That 2019 LSU team ain't walking through the tunnel at the Rose Bowl or any other game this year. And the thought of LSU two years ago, we got to erase that because that team wasn't that good last year. I'm not sure they're that good this year. We took UCLA in a slight upset. We might be wrong here, but I'm not uh, that high in LSU right now. Bruce, another team that did play last week, that being the Fresno State Bulldogs, 45-0 against UConn, and hard to kind of, like you said, hard to draw conclusions from that matchup, just like the UCLA matchup against Hawaii. But Fresno State going to Oregon. Oregon, of course, has the trip to Columbus on deck to play Ohio State. Fresno has gotten a little bit of support. It was 22, now seeing it drop below 21, about 20 and a half. Kalen DeBoer in his second season. A little bit of a, a payback spot or maybe revenge spot. That's probably overrated to say that. But Tim De- Reuter, the former Fresno State head coach, is now the new defensive coordinator up in Eugene for Mario Cristobal. So, Ducks by slightly less than three touchdowns on the number right now. Tim DeRuiter went to high school with my brother-in-law at St. John Bosco High in Bellflower, California. So that's how far I go back with DeRuiter, long time ago. And it's interesting. That is an interesting connection. And now he is at uh, Oregon as a defensive coordinator after being hustled out of uh, Fresno a few uh, years ago. Uh, here, here's the deal with this, this matchup here. Fresno, by the way, they could have brought in San Joaquin Memorial High last week to as much of a workout as UConn gave them last week. So you're right. I'm not sure how many conclusions we want to draw. But historically, Wes and Matt, this has been the sort of spot Fresno has relished. Back to the Jim Sweeney era, certainly through the Pat Hill years. And Jeff Tedford, too. He covered all four of his games against the Pac-12. These are the sorts of games Fresno lives for. They've got a game under their belt. Uh, work out some of the kinks last week. I don't know that Oregon was all that great last year. I know they're talking about this is going to be improving. You know, again, this isn't the same Oregon from a few, it's several years ago. Oregon continues to get over overrated here until I see something. I'm not sure uh, the XBC quarterback, Anthony Brown, you know, they're going to be uh, super potent there. Uh, they don't have a great point spread mark under Mario here laying points at Eugene. Uh, and as we mentioned, Fresno has generally been good over the year and, and DeBoer, he has a quarterback here in Hainer, the ex-Washington transfer. You know, he threw for a lot of yards last year, and he uh, looked good until the heat got him last week, and he took a seat in the second half. This is a live underdog. That's a heck of a lot of points. Can they play Oregon within three TDs? I think so. And by the way, little look ahead. Ohio State the next week, so they could be peaking ahead at that, too. Everything shapes up, even if the, the spread down a little bit. 
there's enough cushion in there to give Fresno a look. Bruce, 20 seconds left. Any other best bets this week you want to mention quickly? Yeah, I think that uh, that uh, Louisiana Lafayette might be worth a look against Texas. And I'm San Jose, the price has dropped. I'm going to give San Jose a look against Southern Cal. All right, Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet. And uh, Bruce, always enjoy talking college football with you, man. Thanks. Good luck this weekend. Okay, kids. Thanks. Kids. Did he say kids? I know. Okay. We're, we're old kids, man. No, no doubt about it. All right, quick break. We come back. We're going to talk college football win total best bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. Go to OddsTrader.com. All right, Wes, let's start college football win totals. 
Uh, I've got one to pass along from uh, a friend of ours here in a minute. Uh, but I got off to a good start last weekend with Nebraska under six and a half. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Huskers were going to stay under six and a half, even if they won in Champaign. I couldn't see that team getting to seven and five. It looks like it could get pretty ugly in Lincoln. I uh, also played your Indiana Hoosiers under eight. I just think it's a lot to ask for that yeah. team to get to nine and three against that schedule. Uh, Ole Miss, a team I like a lot, over seven and a half. Nevada has got a really tough schedule, but I think Nevada is the best team in the Mountain West, according to my ratings anyway. Nevada has got the best quarterback in the Mountain West, and Carson Strong, and a lot of weapons on that offense. So I played Ole Miss and Nevada each over 7.5. Utah is, uh, believe it or not, my pick to win the Pac-12. I've got Utah over 8.5 and, and at 10-1 to odds to win that conference. And I took a buy-low spot here, Wes. Uh, I'm not real high on this Purdue team, but to, if you look at the schedule, Jeff Brom ought to be able to get to six and six against the schedule, yeah. and um, over five, you should at least push on that bet. So I thought that was by a low spot on uh, on Jeff Brom. One more to pass along: Corey Ager, who is a friend of ours from uh, North Dakota, Williston, North Dakota. He was a star running back. Played golf with him and the great Randy McKay and uh, Tim Potter, Teapot, up in North Dakota uh, this summer. Corey loves Arizona over two and a half. And a lot of people rate Arizona as a worst team in the Pac-12 and don't think it's that close. We're going to see Arizona up close in Las Vegas this weekend against BYU. How do you feel about those six plays? I put up there his Arizona play, and what did you play, Wes? Well, we actually match up on a couple, Matt. I I joined you on Purdue at over five, and I was on with the folks at WFL or WLFI back in Lafayette on Friday. And look, I said Purdue. They were like, "Okay, be gentle," because there's not a lot of expectations <laughs> there. I thought I think they're going to go six and six. They did. They fought. They got rid of Bob Diaco as defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. which was the first good thing that they've done really in a couple years. Running that three four, you put your best player. George Karloftis, who probably is going to be in the NFL someday, is certainly their best player. Put him down in a three-point stance and let him rush the passer. So they're going to be better coached on defense. Jack Plummer has won the job. I think he's the best of the bunch of the quarterbacks, even though I don't know how much separation there is with Aiden (coughs) O'Connell, excuse me, and uh, Austin Burton, but... I joined you on Purdue. I thought the schedule was softer. Also joined you on Nevada over seven and a half. Uh, I really like this Nevada team, and I actually like them this weekend. They're getting three and a half at Cal. I know that seems like a small number, but that was one I've already bet this weekend, Nevada over Uh Cal. A couple of my season wins I played. Houston over eight and a half. I think that they're the team. Maybe that can emerge to challenge Cincinnati. Everybody thinks it's UCF. Houston's going to be improved. Dana Holgerson, rough start there, but has a lot back, has finally found a quarterback to replace De'Ara King there. So uh, I like Houston over eight and a half. Also like Boston College over seven. That was one of my stronger ones that I found in the ACC, along with Florida State at over five and a half. A lot of sharp guys I know like that BC over seven. Brian Edwards on the show with us this week. He's been talking about that BC overall summer. I think Chris Felica, the bear from ESPN, likes that as well. Uh, if not the bear, I know it's Stanford Steve, one of those guys like BC over. How about his Arizona over two and a half play? Um, I was talking about Corey Ager's play over Arizona. Do you like that? Because a lot of times guys will look to play the lowest totals right. over and uh, the highest totals under. Um, 
what do you think of Arizona? I think uh, the Wildcats could be a little bit better than some people think. But Maybe. It's not, it's not going to be easy to find three wins on the schedule. I think Jed Fish has got to be given some time here, obviously, his first season. That cupboard was kind of bare there in Tucson. Did not work out for Kevin Sumlin. By the way, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, first season out here at Arizona, the longtime defensive coordinator, uh, was let go from Jim Harbaugh's staff at Michigan mm-hmm. as he went with the younger staff. So with Arizona, I don't really love the over or the under with that game. They are on my betting card, though, this weekend in terms of the under playing BYU at Allegiant Stadium. BYU, of course, loses uh, the number two quarterback in the draft, so I think that offense is going to get off to a slow start. I think the defense is very good. Arizona, new offensive coordinator with Brennan Carroll, new defensive coordinator, as I mentioned, Don Brown, then, of course, Jed Fish taking over here in Tucson. I think that's going to be a low-scoring game on Saturday. So I don't want to totally dismiss Arizona, though, because Mm -hmm. there's no one real dominant team in this conference. They could get there, but I did not bet that. All right, quickly sum up your win total bets again. Yeah, I got a few and a few I don't have time to give, but Houston over eight and a half. Join you on the two that I mentioned. Also, BC over seven, Florida State over five and a half, East Carolina over five, and also Minnesota over six and a half. All right, we're going to talk Big Ten football next. Uh, Pretty good schedule in the Big Ten this week. Stay tuned. VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. NFL preseason has wrapped up. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide. The guide is only $19.99 and available now. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and also player props and awards. Sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Great job, buddy. All right, let's talk Big Ten football. This is one of our favorite subjects. And uh, you have a play on this game, Ohio State-Minnesota. Good way to start off. Last year, Wes, you'll remember the Golden Gophers got embarrassed by Mm -hmm. Michigan Mm -hmm. in their uh, season opener in Minneapolis. And now they got the Buckeyes coming in, uh, not the Wolverines. And Ohio State, a 14-point favorite, total 63-and-a-half. Uh, What are you thinking on the side? And I know you have a play on the total. Yeah, and I didn't get the early number, but I still think at 63 and a half, it's still good to the under. There is going to be a little bit of weather, I believe, up there in Minneapolis. So that's part of the reason for the drop. Also, the fact that you have a first-time starting quarterback on the road, and J.T. Stroud, he he brings back uh, the two top receivers, Chris Olav, Garrett Wilson. But Ohio State, I think, is going to try to establish the run, even though they've lost Trey Sermon. They've still got a lot out there in the backfield. Master Teague probably going to be the feature back for the Buckeyes. So they're going to try to run the ball. Minnesota also going to try to run the ball. And they have a very good running game with Mo Ibrahim. But Ohio State was one of the best front fours in terms of stopping the run. Only allowed 97 yards. Really where you could get Ohio State is in the passing game because they were dead last in terms of passing yards uh, in the entire Big Ten Conference. Probably a little bit inflated when Michael Penix put up about 500 yards on them in Columbus. But I do 
like the under here, and I have bet Minnesota at 14. You may see a 14.5 because I do think some casual money will come in on Ohio State. I like this Minnesota team. I think that they could be the dark horse in the West. I don't know if they're a threat to win here, but I think that this, if you're taking the underdog, has a little bit of backdoor potential. I don't think Ohio State just gets right away from them. First time on the road, uh, I believe the second time actually on the road in a Big Ten opener since 1975. Mm. So I thought Minnesota was a little live to stay within the number, but definitely like the uh, under on the total, and it is dropping as we speak. You know what? I might get hooked on the Gophers here if this goes up to 14 and a half or 15 by Saturday. Yeah. I, I like Minnesota too, and you and I wrote up the Big Ten preview for the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. I think Minnesota right now is the number two team in the Big Ten West, and I think the Gophers are closer to Wisconsin than a lot of people think. Yeah, their expectations. I like Tanner probably. Morgan at quarterback. I do too. He's very consistent. He's experienced. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe it was too much too soon for Minnesota because they were 11-2. Right. and two. That's the best season I think they had had since the very early 2000s. So all of a sudden, expectations were high. And then, of course, COVID-19 affects every team each different way. Bateman opts out, who is their star receiver, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens first-round pick. And then all of a sudden, they got smacked around by what turned out to be a very mediocre Michigan team. So now it's like they're kind of a little under the radar. It's kind of like, oh, they weren't very good last year. They didn't meet our expectations. But that's where I think that gives them some value in the West. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to play it, but I, Minnesota, I, I whittled my list down this week to like 15 or 20 sides I was looking at. Minnesota's one of them. Uh, did not make my best bets list for Point Spread Weekly, which is going to be out tomorrow. One of your best bets is under the total mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, Michigan State Northwestern, not, not a game either one of us has uh, played, I believe, to this point. And um, I'm not especially high on it. Either of these teams, no. West Northwestern, a three-point favorite. Total of uh, you'll you'll find three and a half out there too. Total of forty-five, forty-five and a half. This game's in Evanston. Yeah, and this is a little bit of a payback game for Northwestern because they, of course, won the Big Ten West and represented that division in the championship game against Ohio State. But where they got tripped up was against Michigan sure. State. Uh, that was such an erratic team, Mel Tucker's bunch in his first year, and obviously he got a late start. Really couldn't put together a recruiting class, but they stepped up as big underdogs and beat Michigan in the big house, did the same thing against Northwestern last year. And I'm not high on really either of these teams either, because if you look at Northwestern, they're one of the lowest returning production teams what, in all like the eight country. starters back? Yeah, they have four back on each side of the yeah. ball. Really, only Ohio State is kind of close. But Ohio State can reload with five stars. Northwestern can, even though they recruit better than normal. Maybe in the macro sense, Pat Fitzgerald is always at his best when he's an underdog Mm -hmm. and when the expectations are low, but I didn't touch this game. I think Michigan State is at least going to be a little bit better simply because Mel Tucker at least had the opportunity, him and his staff, to put together an actual recruiting class because he took the job so late in the spring as he bounced from Colorado. I got to think that the quarterback play is going to be better. Rocky Lombardi was not good. He is now at Northern Illinois. Anthony Russo comes in from Temple. So I got to think that that's at least going to be an upgrade. And then they added some running backs, Kenneth Walker from Wake Forest, Harold Joyner from Auburn to go along with Peyton Thorne, their redshirt freshmen. So I do think the Spartans are going to be a little bit better. They're still probably a year or two away from getting at least close to where they were at the peak of Mark D'Antonio, but nothing for nothing for me on this one. These are two teams that I don't really feel I have good reads on. All right, Indiana, Iowa. I know you've uh, got a lot of interest in this game. And in fact, I like the dog, but I'm seeing a lot of people who like the favorite here. I, I like the Hoosiers plus three and a half. 
what's your take here as a Hoosier? Yeah, that's certainly my lean at three and a half. And by the way, we mentioned that Michigan State-Northwestern game. Also, the Indiana-Iowa game. Lowest total on the board for week one. These are both at right at about 45 and have taken early support on the under. Look, this is kind of a, a program statement type of game for Indiana because I think Indiana, the uh, former athletic director, as I've mentioned before, said, hey, we want to get the Indiana football program to kind of an Iowa level. This was a private statement not put out there, but I just did. So anyway, they want to get to a consistent level where you're winning eight, nine games a year. And now that was their season win total. I thought it was a little high because it's like the Indiana has made the leap from not being a four and eight and five and seven team. Now they're going to make bowl games. Tom Allen is just recruiting at a really good level. They have bought into the culture in terms of what he is selling to this team and they play hard for him. And they've right. got a very good defense, especially in the, in the back seven lived a lot on turnovers last year. So usually when a team does that, you kind of look for some regression, but they do have Michael Penix Jr. back at quarterback, and they need him to stay healthy. He has lost games in each of the last three seasons. Two torn ACLs, a broken clavicle, so they need him to stay upright. Uh, Stephen Carr from USC has taken over the running back job from day one. That forced Samson James to go ahead and transfer to Purdue, but I think Indiana, this is a real statement game for them. I don't think Iowa is going to be looking ahead to Iowa State because this is the Big Ten opener. Three replaced starters on the offensive line for the Hawkeyes, but Iowa can always run the football, and I think okay. that they will. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, pretty much nip-tuck. I have not bet this, but I certainly would lean IU at this standpoint. Uh, good. That's the way I'm leaning, and you have a pretty good feel for the Hoosiers. We have more Big Ten games to talk about, Wes, but we got to take a break. Uh, baseball betting tonight, and uh, we'll do that next. The Braves and the Dodgers. Dodgers sliced into the Giants' lead in the National League West last night. So we'll break down those games. And uh, Yankees-Angels. Yankees have dropped three in a row. they got to get back on track. Quick, quick break. Back in a minute, my guys in the desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino, go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now, and start winning with up-to-the-second info you need. Real-time bet tracking, live in-game odds and stats, several more features, OddsTrader.com. Wes Reynolds, let's talk baseball betting mm-hmm. uh, tonight. Did you play anything last night? Uh, just a couple games last night. Ended up splitting them, I believe. Uh, I had the Padres uh, at Arizona. That was a winner. I did uh, take a shot with a big underdog on the run line with the Baltimore Orioles. That did not get there. Jimmy Ott was in studio with us yesterday. Jimmy's from ESPN Radio Baton Rouge. He's out here escaping the hurricane, and he's going to the LSU-UCLA game. And he wants to know what your best baseball plays are tonight. So let's go through the card here. Okay. Jimmy likes to fire on baseball. Braves and Dodgers. Charlie Morton, Walker Bueller, and uh, Bueller, we'll call it minus 195. Total of seven and a half. I don't like to bet against Walker Bueller, but that's a big number. Yeah, I don't either. And, and I was looking at that number, and that is certainly rising. And one guy that I've liked to bet over the years was Charlie, my favorite, Morton. I think he has uh, started to kind of come around a little bit. Uh, rough start there in Atlanta, but I think, he, you know, he's a steady Eddie type of guy. You look mm-hmm. at his numbers, 360 ERA, 325 on the XFIP. Very consistent. And Walker Bueller, look, 202 ERA, so there is a little bit of regression, 349 on the XFIP. Bit, but I don't necessarily like to bet against him either. I think he sits as the front runner right now. His ERA actually is worse at home mm-hmm. than it is on the road, but his ERA at home, by the way, is 213. So Walker Bueller, very solid. Charlie Morton, actually, a little bit better on the road than he is down at Truist Park in Atlanta. 308 road ERA for Charlie Morton. So if he can't really get there on the side, I don't I wouldn't be mad at you if you're betting the under on the total now. It is seven and a half. It did open eight. So try to get the best number you you can, but I'm not in disagreement on under seven and a half. Maybe split it first five and full game. You can get an under four. I believe at you know, minus one ten mm-hmm. standard juice right now. Bet MGM. Okay, how do you feel about the uh, Brewers Giants game? Brandon Woodruff and uh, I think a starter yet to be named. Undecided has been called up from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Sac- the Sacramento River Cats. Right? Is that the team? The River Cats. Matt Neverett is our expert here on the PCL. Of course, does work for the Aviators, but I don't know who the starting pitcher is going to be. But Brandon Woodruff obviously has been one of the better ones in the National League this year. Two thirty eight on the ERA, three oh two in terms of the xFIP. So probably not going to win the Cy Young, but he certainly I think is a viable candidate. But with no pitcher. 
I have no play yet on this game. Okay, yeah, I don't either. And uh, let's go to Padres and D-backs. How about uh, last night, Francisco uh, uh, Fernando Tatis hit a homer, and uh, the Padres got a big win. They haven't had many wins lately. Blake Snell goes to the mound off a 122-pitch performance his last mm-hmm. time out against the Dodgers. That was about as well as I've seen him pitch uh, for the Padres. And he did not get a win that night. That was a marathon game where the Dodgers won in 16. Yes. Blake Snell is minus 165 against Zach Gallen and the D-backs. And uh, the total is eight. And I've talked about this quietly, Wes. The D-backs have played right around 500 baseball since the All-Star break. They have. And Zach Gallen has pitched very solid. Uh, under four on the XFIP. I uh, think he's, you know, really kind of come into his own in the second half of the season. So what I would like here is the under. There is some eight and a half out there juiced a little bit. If you want to pay minus $1.15 or minus $1.20 at some faraway places, pretty much eight out here in Vegas juiced to the over at like minus 120 is pretty much the consensus, but I don't disagree with this initial move here on the under. San Diego getting a little bit of move. I see some money hitting the screen. It was 159. Now seeing kind of in the mid-160s, so that makes a little bit of sense, but I don't know if I want to lay that with Blake Snell on the road off a 122-pitch effort against the Dodgers who, you know, mixed year for Blake Snell a little bit with the home run splits that I know that you have pointed out throughout the season, but he's owned the Dodgers. If you look at his numbers against the Dodgers, that's been about the best team he has pitched against so I would fade him off yeah. 122 yeah pitches. if I had that was to, a career that was a career high 122 yeah. pitches I actually think uh I I hate to say it but I would bet the D-backs in this game tonight about plus 150 um I don't know if I'm going to play it, but that would be the side. I would look at D-backs or pass. Do you ever play like run line taking a run and a half? I, I, I never lay the one and a half, but sometimes I'll take the one and a half, especially on a dog if the total is being bet to the under. Uh, I could see why you might want to do that, but I'm not going to take a plus 150 and turn it into a minus 120, which is why and the only way that plays your advantage is if that dog loses by exactly one run. So I don't don't like that bet. I know some people do. I don't. It's all personal preference. I know you play it once. Well, I usually will do. If I do that, I usually split half and half. I'll go like a half unit on the money line, half unit on the running run line and see if I can do both because I understand, obviously, that's got to be with one run in terms of the exact margin, but I usually will only do that when like the under is getting bet on the total because I do think that oftentimes that's going to give, with less runs, that's going to give more value to the underdog. Uh, How about your Cincinnati Reds? Have you given up hope yet? Sonny Gray, minus 150. I thought the Reds were overpriced last night. Um, And it's uh, Miles Michaelis against Sonny Gray in Cincinnati. I've given up hope. I think that that game is going to be played. I'm not seeing. It is rain. Okay, because it disappeared just now from my Don Best screen. I was like, where the hell is this game, the uh, Cardinals and the Reds? It is split. It will be a doubleheader, by the way, tomorrow. So let me give the particulars on that. Game one, rescheduled from tonight, will go off at 1.10 Eastern time at the Great American Ballpark. Game two will be at 6.40 Eastern time. No word on if the pitchers are going to stay the same. With Michaelis and Gray. The market was fading Miles Michaelis, and I kind of understand why. 270 ERA, 472 on that XFIP. That's one of those sell high type of pitchers that I like to go against, and the Reds were getting money. Reds have only had like four hits in the last two games, though. This is a team that's one of the better hitting teams in the league. Got absolutely shut down by John Lester last yes, night. Yes, they did. All right, the uh, Rays. And the Red Sox. Let's talk about this. And the Red Sox, nine game back of the Rays, and the Yankees have suddenly slipped seven back of uh, Tampa Bay. And Ryan Yarbrough is going to open the game tonight for the Rays against Brad Peacock. 
Rays minus 150, total of uh, nine, we'll call it. There are a couple eight and a halfs out there. Yeah, no, nothing really for me. Peacock was the late edition. This was undecided as of earlier today, but... Yeah, it's tough to really go against the Rays because now all of a sudden it's like, okay, here come the New York Yankees. Here come the Yankees. And then they lose three in a row, and the Rays just keep on doing their thing. 83 and 48. Yeah, 83 and 48. They're putting this division to bed. It's not necessarily the Red Sox coming back to earth, though, even though they're 75 and 58. But no play for me. God, it's tough to step in front of the Rays. And sometimes as a better, one of my weaknesses, and I think we often got to take self-inventory as sports bettors, is sometimes – you want to step in front of that streak and you want to be stubborn and look then that has cost me and I don't do that as much anymore when you know earlier when I was doing uh, when I was doing sports betting kind of early in my career if you want to say and I would try to step in front of streaks and now it's like you know what let somebody else beat the streak I'm just going to stay out of it Uh, that's a wise move Wes yeah, because uh, I, I know a guy who used to bet against streaks in baseball all the time, and I, I hated talking baseball betting with him because I would not bet baseball that way. Uh, Shohei Otani homered as the Yankees dropped their third straight last night, and Monday was the third time this season that Shohei, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Fernando Tatis all homered on the same day. They also did it on June 25th and April 4th. That's from ESPN Stats and Info. So a big night for three of uh, the best young power hitters in baseball. Shohei Otani, uh, Wes, it makes me ill when I hear people debate whether or not he's going to be MVP of the American League. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. This guy might I arguably is having the best season of any player in the history of baseball. Right. Yes, he's the MVP. This I don't care if he plays at all in the months of September. He's mm-hmm. the MVP in the American League. He was scratched from his start tonight, though. It well, is. Well, he's got the wrist. He got yeah. hit on the wrist yeah. by a pitch on uh, what was that Saturday night. So he's not going to start the game tonight. Yeah. So it's Berea tonight, uh, who opponents are batting 381 against him in August. So not a bad, not a good time necessarily to play the Yankees. Of course, on a three-game losing streak. And uh, look, Jamison Tyone's been really solid since the start of July. Uh, Angels, uh, he's throwing his curveball a lot more, which is very good. And the Angels are not a very good team against curveballs. So, uh, you know, Yankees bullpen has been a little hit and miss. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really not good. But they did move this, of course, with Otani being scratched. I think the line opened at minus 120. And then this was 45 in the morning. But now seeing 180, 190, probably going to keep me out of the game. But certainly I think this is a good spot for the pinstripes. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there because it was obvious two days ago though Otani was not going to yeah. start this game tonight. Yeah, uh, Jaime, uh, you, we weren't sure it was going to be Jaime Berea, but we know Otani was not going to start after he got hit by the pitch Saturday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. That looked like it might be a serious wrist injury yeah. as well. By the way, he hit his 42nd home run last night. Uh, this guy's been lights out. And on that Yankee side, too, mm-hmm. by the way, they are, even though they've lost three games, they are starting to hit. Obviously, Anthony Rizzo. Trading for him has yeah. made Luke Voigt kind of angry. He's now hitting over 340 the last couple weeks, as is Geo Stanton, as is Aaron Judge. So these guys are finally putting it together offensively. It's just can they get enough consistency out of the starters and can the bullpen not leak oil like it's done pretty much most of the season? Yeah, the Rays won eight straight. The Yankees have uh, dropped three in a row. And the Yankees now seven games back. Of the Rays in the American League East. Uh, one more game to talk about tonight, Wes, and we'll sneak uh, sneak this one in. 
uh, Houston and Seattle. The A's are trying to catch the Astros. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. The Mariners are starting to fade from uh, wild card contention a little bit. They need a win tonight. Lance McCullers against Kikuchi for Seattle. And McCullers minus 160 total of eight. And the Astros got the win last night by a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a big price, but it also seems like Seattle's kind of coming back to earth yeah. a little bit. Even though they're 70 and 62, I keep thinking that they're going to fade. I don't think they're going to have enough at the end because they have somehow been getting it done. They've been like minus 50 in terms of run differential overall this year. So nothing really on the side. I do kind of lean to the under on the uh, total. Currently eight. You can still get some flat eight minus 110 out there, but by and large, it's minus 115. Astros won the game 4-3. Uh, last night. So, of the games we talked about, what, did you uh, play any of those? I did not play any of those yet. The one bet I've made so far, and I'll have a couple others, I do like the Detroit Tigers tonight at plus 105. Scooball over Irvin, Tigers over A's. All right, that's Wes Reynolds. Thanks to Bruce Marshall for his college football breakdowns. At the top of the show today, if you missed uh, the first hour or any VSIN shows, catch the replays on vsin.com. We'll take a quick break. Be back in a couple minutes. Johnny Avello of DraftKings Sportsbook on deck. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.